What is up, world? This is Kyle Brown coming to you sort of live on the On Farm Podcast with my man Nate Handy back in the booth. How you doing tonight, Nate? I am doing well, Kyle. Thanks for having me again. Of course, man. Yeah, I love having you on. I had a quite the long week of work and now several days off, so I am enjoying that thoroughly. Yeah, what? Uh, you been watching any games? Yeah, I actually can watch a lot of games at work too albeit they might be three or four hours later but yeah yeah i've been watching a lot of like i've been I, you know checking out some of these pitching pitching uh performances that have been happening recently more more than ever before i'm like going like you know all the games end for the night and i'm just like ah, let's just go check out that jacob de start let's just go let's you know and do a little fast forwarding through the other team or whatever but more often, more more than I've ever done in the past, I'm just like going back and you know getting my eyes on on some games that just had some insane performances. So it's been it's been it's been nice to abuse that MLB TV for now. Yeah, right. I can't wait till we can do it with minor league games. Oh, we're close, man. This is the last pod. This is the last pod before, unless things happen that I don't know about, and there's been some whispers of some stuff, but. Until I hear otherwise, I'm gonna I'm all systems go on May the fourth, and oh, should be should be a good day because it should be all aces starting on May the fourth. I mean, for every every team's best pitcher, right, should be should be out there if they're not injured. Yeah, right. Man, mm-hmm. that's that came up quick. Yeah, real quick. April went fast. April went real fast. Yeah, I spent most of it working or shoveling snow. I hear that, dude. I definitely hear that. Done with that. Yeah, let's hope that we don't have any more spring storms. I'm kind of, I'm good on spring storms. Yeah, so good. What uh, um, how's uh, any uh, how's how's the leagues going? Where you at? You feeling good about where you're at? You, you are the are the strong teams performing? Are the you know retoolers doing their thing? What's going on with your your fantasy squads? Uh, it's a it's a mixed bag. Got a couple going pretty well. A couple not so well, but I am hopeful. For all of them, I think I have some good things on the horizon. I am just trying to keep an April mind about it all. Yes, that is tough, man. I am not very good at that part of it. I'm, I'm very reactive. I try to stay steady in my real life, but when it comes to fantasy, especially in April, whew, I can get a little, I can get a little handsy on it. I'm not gonna and, lie. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Well, I mean. For me, part of it is my two most struggling teams are 30 teamers. So it's not like you can really do much other than wait it out. Watch it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Hope, hope you're not giving folks too large of a lead. Yeah. I got a, I made a couple of moves in my 30 teamer. I fortified a little bit. I traded, uh, traded for Mitch Hanniger and had to give up Gunnar Henderson to get him, which, you know, I don't love because I'm a fan of Gunnar, but. On the other hand, I haven't seen this uh, this storied exit velocity launch angle darling, you know, playing real games. So I'm sort of like, eh, maybe I'll capitalize, go yeah, for it maybe. right now. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, and I got uh, who else? I got I traded for Marcus Semyon because he's just you know getting those steals, decent on base. Well, decent on base will happen with a little bit more Babbitt luck, but oh man, I I traded away my one share of him to. Um, a pitcher for the Padres called Musgrove, who then pitched a no hitter about two hours later. Not a bad flip. Not yeah. a bad flip at all. That worked out all right. Yeah. 
Yeah, all I had to trade to get to get Semyon was uh, was Rokio, which also hurts because I love him. But I don't know. I'm sensing I'm sensing that there's a lot of there's a lot of teams in this 30 teamer that went hard on the trade everyone for prospects. So I just went the other way with that because I had a pretty solid team overall. And yeah. despite despite losing uh, Cattell Marte and uh, Eloy Jimenez, I'm still. I'm three and zero through the first three weeks, and looking at uh, looking at steamroll in the fourth the fourth week. So I'm hoping this is my first thirty teamer. It's my first time I've ever gone uh, gone this deep, and honestly, I feel like the team I have could compete in a twelve team league. Like it's a it's a it's a very solid squadron. That's, yeah, yeah. Nice. I haven't even, I haven't even gotten anything from out of Gliber Torres yet, but well, well, you know, sometimes those leagues that they can turn into smaller than thirty teamers if. 10 guys are playing for later or something. So yeah, very much so. Now there's a lot of very lopsided, uh, very lopsided wins or losses happening in that league right now. So, yeah, but it's, it's good. I like it. It's, uh, it's sort of, I don't know, going, playing a 12 team and playing a 30 team is definitely a, a weird thing to do side by side. Cause it really messes with your perception of depth and your perception of quality on a roster. And you're, it's really, you know, I mean, I play in a, I play in a 10 team league too. And that, you know, to compare that to a 30 teamer and. I wouldn't know what to do in a 10 team league. <laughs> I mean, you just, yeah, it's, you just go for, you go for all stars yeah. and, you, and you go for broke and you, you know, recognize that you can probably fill in a lot of gaps on the waiver wire. Cause there's going to be a lot of talent out there. Yeah. Well, I think uh, for me playing in 30 teamers, I think made me better at 12s because you're just, I don't know, your net's larger and you're just more aware of more players, you know, or I don't know, know more players more, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. I feel the exact same way. That's one of the reasons I got into the 30 teamer. Cause I was like, man, if I can, if I can have, you know, and that was also around the time when I was getting into the prospect live best balls. And uh, I was like, I, there's not a player that's going to come up that I'm not going to know about at the very least know a little bit or have seen them on a list or in a system or whatever. Yeah. And I'm, sad, I'm sad to say that's not entirely true. Baseball still does surprise me with random guys. And I'm like, sure. ah, I have not heard of you, sir. Yeah. But yeah, it definitely has made me a more, more discerning and I'm picking up on more things for, uh, for some of those shallower leagues. Um, and we can sort of uh, segue right into uh right into you know what we're going to talk about tonight i brought nate on to talk about some debuts we've had for some prospects um, most of which are on the positive variety and actually no all of which are on the positive variety we're not talking about anyone who's scuffling right now so there's a there's been a lot of prospects that have come up so far and um i've gotten a few of these guys on my squad and gotta gotta be curious to to get you know your perspective on a few of these guys so so let's start right off. Sure. We got, I guess actually we do have, we'll start off with a little bit of a scuffler. I almost, I watched him today and he played pretty well. And I, I don't necessarily think of him as scuffling because he is sort of stinging the ball a little bit. But Alex Kirilov finally got the call for the Twins. And he has come up and he hasn't really done much damage necessarily in the fantasy world on a stat line. But he is he is wrecking the ball when he makes contact. I mean, his, his average exit velocity is ninety four point two, and that is a robust number. Small sample size, all that stuff. But I mean, he is he's he's hitting the ball hard. It's just hitting it at people right now. The max exit velocity is not anything crazy, but it sort of it sort of speaks to the kind of hitter 
that I've always thought of him as, which is, you know, maybe he's not, he's not light tower power, right? Maybe he's, maybe he's 55 power if you wanted to toss a grade on it, but he, he gets a lot of bad on a lot of ball. Um, and maybe he's not so concerned with launch angle stuff and getting the ball in the air. He's just maybe concerned with like really, really solid contact. He's not like a pounded into the ground type of guy, but definitely more of a line drive oriented swing. And early returns on the exit velocity are that, it, I, you know, I imagine if he keeps hitting the ball that hard, things will eventually drop. But what's uh, what's your opinion of Alex Kirloff and the opportunity he has in front of him this year and what he might be able to do should should some of these uh, balls start falling in? Yeah, I think I think he is pretty much exactly as advertised, which is which is a positive, in my opinion. Um. I know, like you said, what he's three for 23 or something like that, if that's counting today. Um, but I mean, he has like an expected batting, batting average of 311. He's hitting the ball hard, like you said. Uh, he's got a launch angle that's like eight degrees, which is borderline like ground ball, line drive average. Um, I think for him, so. In, in some ways, he kind of reminds me of a left-handed uh, Jose Abreu in his he, – he, he has no problem hitting the ball to the left center, and he wants to go there. I don't know how – I don't think he'll have the same sort of power that, like, Abreu does going that way. But uh, if you look at, like, some of his zone charts, the down-and-away quadrant – uh, he hasn't taken a pitch in the strike zone there. He's hit everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's looking there, and pitchers are pitching him there. They're just not falling. Um, I think he could probably make some better contact than he is there. Um, and the breaking or the the off speed stuff, the secondary stuff there. Uh, like his his three hits are off of fastballs. Most of his hardest hits, hit balls are off of fastballs. Um, so I think, and I, I, I don't know if that's his strength. Like I think his strength is, you know, pulling the ball. But I think major league pitchers know that, and they're not going there. But he has no problem, like I said, uh, hitting the other way. It's just it's just not falling. I'm not. I mean, the only way I think he doesn't work out is if for some reason he proves to not be strong enough to hit that way. And I don't think that's the case at all. So I'm not worried about him. I think the numbers are coming if the consistent playing time comes. Yeah. And I think that's twins seem to be at the very least right now, pretty committed to giving him consistent at bats. I mean, I don't, I don't know why they would, they, they have so many other options that I don't know why they'd really bring them up to not give him sort of at least an extended look without messing around with him too much with the up and the down and the benching and what have you. I guess we'll see when, uh, when minor, like, you know, let's say he's still hitting the ball hard, but it's not dropping in for him when minor league games start and there's an actual place to go play and hit. It's not just an ultimate side and it's not just extended spring. So maybe some stuff does have to happen a little bit sooner rather than later. Um, but I, I don't know. I've always liked Kirloff. I've always liked guys that, that 
that just have sweet swings that can put the bat on the ball. That's good to. Uh, so that might be like you know, maybe part of the numbers not being there too is that he puts the bat on the ball. Yeah, too much. You know. Yeah, he might have and, to get uh, a little more selective. He's, he's, yeah, I think he does, and you know, he's faced like some good pitchers too. If you look at like his at bats, it's a pretty, it's a pretty impressive roster. Even like the relievers and stuff. So I don't think he's. In no way do I think he's overwhelmed by major league stuff or anything like that. He's faster than I thought too. Yeah. Or than I remember or something. I he definitely... did get thrown out trying to stretch a base hit into a double, but they they got him at like seventy percentile speed. I didn't think he was up there. Yeah, I definitely thought he was a little bit more of a lumberer, you know, that he was sort of all bat and, the, you know, he had those defensive concerns in the outfield, which you would assume is at least yeah, he, par- partially speed-based. Did he have a Did he have an issue in left field yesterday? Did he drop a ball or something? I didn't watch that game. I'd have to, I'd have to check. But wouldn't yeah. surprise me. He's definitely not known for his defense. Yeah, that's probably not his <laughs> forte. Yeah. Well, what do you, what would you, what would you slap he had, on him? He hasn't, he hasn't walked yet. He hasn't oh. walked yet though. Well, that's interesting. He's only struck out four times, which is, I don't think he's not, I don't think he'll be a strikeouts would be a big deal for him. I don't know what he was in the minor leagues. I want to say he was like, what, 15% strikeout sort of guy. Yeah. I think it's a little bit tricky because, um, he had that off season where he was fighting that injury. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And that's, I think that really affected how he was able to hit. So yeah, actually he never, uh, Alex never had a, a K percentage over 18.5, which was yeah. that double a year where he, you know, scuffed a little bit, changing his swing and battling the, the injury. So he's, he's at 18.2% right now. And yeah, he's, he's not been a, you know, he doesn't walk, he didn't walk a ton in the minor leagues, but he certainly was far from a zero, you know, sevens and eight percents. So maybe he's just, uh, just struggling just a little bit. And the, I mean, he's, man, he's, he's swinging at a lot of pitches, you know, his outside swing percentage is 52 is, uh, I mean, yeah, man, his, his swing percentage in general is 63.8. So that's pretty high. And his contact percentage is only 70%. So maybe that's, that's also something that's leading to a lot of, hard hit is that he's just being super aggressive, but he's not necessarily tagging it. So. Yeah. 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 I, well, I, I think he can hit a lot of pitches, you know, decently well. So like, like you said, I think just being more selective will be, you know, having the confidence and knowing that you can get to most anything. I think will help him. Yeah. If you had to, uh, if let's say he's given, you know, a hundred more games this year, what do you think he'd be able to do sort of triple slash wise, maybe? Oh, man. Uh, oh, I mean, like, you, I, I wouldn't expect like a huge slug or gaudy, like run producing numbers. But uh, I think he'd be, you know, above average major league hitter. Um, but like if I'm in a small 12 teamer or something like that, I'm probably not going to be too aggressive. Yeah. I don't think he will. I don't think he'll have necessarily a, a heck of a lot of value this year. 
might take might take a little bit more time to coalesce for him and and to make him relevant in those more shallow leagues. But you know, if you're playing if you're playing standard categories and he gets a decent amount of at bats, he probably will. I don't know. This 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 start hasn't hasn't been amazing, but it's not that many plate appearances. He could probably hit two two sixty. You know, yeah. uh, if given the amount of time and not an amazing on base percentage, but that's fine if you're playing standard leagues and he should be able to he should be able to hit. I don't know, eight to 10 home runs, I would say maybe with, uh, with that amount of, of playing time. So we'll see. I think it's, uh, yeah. I think it, it might, this one might just take a little bit longer to cook. You yeah. know, I think, I think Kirilov yeah, is I've... the kind of hitter that, that is just going to take a little bit more time and the reps and, you know, that finding that selectivity and, and, and being used to playing in the major leagues and not pressing and just sort of having it being a little bit more like, yep, I'm here now I'm established. Let's go. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I mean, I'm excited for his career. I think he'll be a, a, a staple in that lineup for a while. Yeah, and right now he's surrounded by good hitters, so that can't be a bad thing. All right, well let's uh, let's talk about another guy, a guy that I've definitely picked up a bunch of places, uh, a guy that has the type of profile that I am looking for when it comes to hitters, and that is Paven Smith. Pavin Smith. Pavin Smith? I'll say Pavin Smith. Um, I say Pavin. Yeah, Pavin Smith of the Arizona Diamondbacks. He is, you know, he he's one of those, I mean, sort of like a first base outfield prospect. He's played some outfield in first base uh, coming up so far. He's gotten a lot of leadoff. Uh, uh, how shall you say? Leadoff uh, designations. He's, he's hit leadoff is another way to say that. The normal way to say that. Uh, he's hit leadoff for the Diamondbacks a bunch. Um in from the left side, kind of uh, the kind of hitter that, you know, has a had a really good walk rate in the minor leagues to go along with a very good strikeout rate. You know, he generally was walking as much as he was striking out or very near to it. And so far, you know, and he's one of those guys that has talked about having enough time to work on swing changes in the in the COVID season to try to get a little bit more out of his abilities. Cause he wasn't, he's a little more of a contact hitter, a little more of an average hitter and hadn't really brought it all together on the power side in the minor leagues yet. Although he did crack 12 home runs and, you know, 29 doubles and six triples in, uh, in double a in 2019, which is, you know, not too bad for uh, for a young kid. And yeah. What, uh, what have you seen on a pavement this year that's that you like or that you don't like? Uh, well, one, I kind of wish that I would have been a little bit more aggressive with him when I had, I had a couple of chances to get him in a trade and I didn't, that kind of bums me out right now. But I mean, I think he's, he's got a great swing, it's smooth and for a guy kind of his size and his body type, it's pretty impressive. I think, I mean, he's, he's a fastball hitter. I mean, he wants, he wants to hit fastballs. And he can hit any fastball. And he's guy. He's a lefty who, I don't know. I mean, I think so far, minor leagues and his what, last couple seasons in the majors, I think he's a better hitter against lefties. So that's that's cool. Um, and like you said, I think he's gotten into some launch angle stuff and maybe will hit for more power than expected. Um, he's not going to strike out a lot. 
off speed stuff he actually hits harder but the other way but like it like like i said that's not what he's looking to do yeah i don't know um trying to think of like maybe he might be a better uh like real life player real life hitter than fantasy don't know how gaudy numbers will get for him He's sort of a, he's sort of like the kind of guy you want as your maybe your third or fourth outfielder, right? Like a guy that's just yeah. reminds me a little bit, just in stat line, not in really any other attributes, but like reminds me a little bit of Brian Reynolds uh, of the Pirates. You know, like he just sort of is good across the board and doesn't do, you know, doesn't have any glaring holes, but he also isn't, you know, he's unlikely to uh, to be at the stop to to be at the top of the stat sheet in anything, but he's also very unlikely to be near the bottom in anything as well uh, yeah and, and check, if you get oh sorry oh you're good uh, just check, if, checking oh sorry <laughs> i was just gonna say and if he if he ends up just like exclusively first base that's not going to be the greatest fantasy profile there i mean i could see him maybe turning into like brandon beltish as far as you know first base fantasy ranks sort of thing yeah brandon belt or maybe like Maybe like Eric Hosmer on the high end. Yeah, um, maybe. With with sort of what he's doing now. I mean, you know, you look at his StatCast page, and it's early on all this stuff, um, but he's he's uh, 90th percentile in whiff rate. He's, he's, he's got a, you know, 66th percentile in chase rate, so he's not chasing a bunch of stuff. Barrel rate definitely is not anything crazy right now, but, uh, you know, his his expected batting average, his max his velocity, his hard hit percentage, his slugging percentage are all very high up in, you know, over 80th percentile. And the one thing that he's currently not doing is is walking that much. And that's something that he has historically done extremely well. So I think that maybe is just a question of finding his own a little bit. But, you know, the, it's a pretty it's a pretty big vote of confidence to hit, you know, a guy like this leadoff. Uh, and to, to, to really say like, no, this is, this is our dude. He's going to start us off. We know he can get on base. He's not, you know, super fast or anything like that, but he's, it's, it's sort of like a, he's a pesky hitter to, uh, to start yeah. a game off with. And he's, he's a tough out. Exactly. He knows what he's doing. Uh, he definitely knows what he's doing and what he's looking for in the, uh, in the box. Yeah. And, and so I grabbed him a bunch of places. Cause I just, I like those guys that just sort of, chip in, chip in, chip in, chip in constantly. Cause if you have enough of those guys, it gives you a solid foundation week to week to yeah, really, I, I think he can be real consistent. He can just like, you know, ain't going to give you the long, cold month, you know? Yeah. But I'm, I'm, curious to see, I'm curious to see what will happen. Cause like right now he's getting, I think he's getting over 50% fastballs, which isn't anything crazy, but I ain't, if I'm pitching, I ain't throwing 50% fastballs to him. So I'm curious to see what happens if there's an adjustment and they give him more more junk and see how that goes. That's what I'd do if I was pitching him. Yeah. Well, and there's there's a heck of a lot of uh, left-handed starters with nasty breaking balls in the division yep. he plays in. So yeah. it's, it's only going to get tougher for uh, for him as he gets figured out a little bit. But, you know, I think he's the kind of kid that can adjust back. You know, and he's got the contact skills to maybe yeah. spoil a lot of those pitches to to get yourself. You know, he's not afraid to take a walk. So to get yourself into those counts where you do get that fastball and you can hit it and you can make it. You know, and he's he's two strike approach is going to be solid, right? Like he doesn't. Uh, he's not just out there selling out. 
Um, his, his K percentage is high right now, but I imagine over time that will drop a little bit closer back to his 12%. Do, do you know what his two-strike average is right now? No. It's 0. .083. .083. He's got two hits on fastballs and two strikes. But he's only, I mean, league average is about 45% strikeouts, two strikes, and he's at 53.6. Not anything crazy. No. But I don't think that I don't think that's that's who he will be. Yeah, I'd agree. But I agree. I was surprised when I saw that. Yeah, that that is very bizarre. Can you when you consider his his minor league numbers? But hey, it's still April. He just gave yeah, it's up. Small, it's small. Sample. He doesn't have he doesn't have much uh, much going. So we'll see how that normalizes sort of over the the course of the season. But I like him. You that know, OPS what plays. Yeah, that OPS will definitely <laughs> play. Definitely play. And he's got, you know, his outs above average right now is 89th percentile. So there's no reason mm-hmm. to worry about that side of the game. So I feel like he's going to get the time because uh, he can handle himself defensively and he's, he's actually a positive there. So you can give him a little bit more chance to earn his salt at the plate. But yeah, I, I like Pavin a lot. I, I, you know, he was a, he was a kind of prospect that I, you know, first base prospects are hard to, Hard to make work uh, a lot yeah. of the times, especially ones that don't have huge power. And I feel like, you know, I, I don't know though. We've, I feel like we've been seeing more and more of this type. You know what I mean? At first base, we've been seeing more and more of the. No, it's okay if you're not just. Uh, you know, we're seeing less Miguel Sano's and a little bit more. I'm, I feel like I've been seeing more and more Pavin Smith types pop up, and teams are willing to throw them at first base, especially if they uh, if they can play some D. Yeah, well, I mean, you're you're starting to get more power from other places as a whole. So you don't, you know, just need the Dan Vogelbach at first base or whatever. Oh, Dan Vogelbach. I don't even know if he can bring his arms to his face. Did you, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you saw this today, but, uh, uh, Chris Wallach, uh, his life was saved by the no collision rule at home at home plate today. Cause oh. Vogelbach would have killed him. Oh man. Yeah. That's, uh, that's train and tracks and all sorts of situations. That's <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, yeah. In, instead we got an awful slide. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I'm gonna have to go back and check that out. Cause I want to see all of those things. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a good watch. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like, I feel like Pavin, if he continues to play, you know, he's going to give you, uh, you know, uh, high average, decent, decent on base percentage when it's all said and done. And maybe if he gets the full season, you know, he's not slugging more than 440, you know, maybe, but, uh, mm-hmm. but that's a decent amount to build on. And uh, I think he's got, he seems like the kind of kind of player that's going to get the most out of his skills for, you know, the next few years, if he's given a chance to play. And I, you know, he's already shown the ability to sort of adapt and change himself without losing a lot of the foundation of his skill set when it comes to the contact and the, and the, the plate discipline overall, you know, and, and, and trying to add that power. And so I'm, I'm sort of excited to see, he's got a lot of stiff competition, which is tough. Um, he's got a lot of stiff competition. And then he also has Colorado, which is essentially a triple A team at this point. <laughs> it is, they, that, they, they fired somebody though, didn't they? I think technically he stepped down, but I, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure that wasn't the case. Yeah. I mean, talk about leaving. <laughs> I mean, we've all been in fantasy leagues where that dude leaves after uh, after all those types of moves and trades all his best player to some dude. And ah, yeah. uh, man, that's it just feels like that's exactly what the Rockies yeah. did. They're like, oh, the hmm, 
well, the Padres are really good and the Dodgers are absolutely fantastic. And even the Diamondbacks <laughs> are trying hard and Giants are winning games out of nowhere. I think I'm just going to quit because I have no chance. I hate that guy. Yeah, that guy is the worst. Don't be worst. that guy. No one. Don't, no one out no. there. Don't be that guy. Just take your medicine. Get back on the horse. Dive learn into some, Learn your lesson. Dive back in. Because, yeah, you're just... Ugh. It's like when someone it's like when someone is in your alliance on Survivor and they're just like, I can't take the rain and they quit. And then you don't have the numbers anymore and it's over. It's <laughs> a good analogy. It's not bad. I've been watching a lot of Survivor. What can I say? Um, it's, a, it's a fun late night thing to just fall asleep to after all the baseball is over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Well, I'm going to pause right here, and we are going to hear from our sponsor before we talk. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. About our next dude. And we're back. Yeah, yeah love that. Um, I want to get into the uh, the blue-haired meanie. I want to talk about Mr. Blue Hair. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, I don't even know what to say to you. Because the man has blue hair. He's hitting the cover off the ball. His name is Jazz. His name is actually Jazz Rado. But his name is Jazz, and he will forever be Jazz. And he is just fun to watch. Sadly, he's come down with a little bit of a hamstring strain. But he should be back, you know, sort of in no time. I imagine he'll he's he'll he'll bounce back pretty quickly. No, they'll, they'll keep him out as long as they need to. But Jazz Chisholm, what was your take before his debut? Has it changed? What's uh, what do you what do you feel about him? Well, as a prospect, it, I mean, it definitely changed. I was I was not a jazz. I was not jazzy. I honestly thought he would be garbage, but. I was wrong, clearly. <laughs> um, but but on the at the same time, I did just trade him today. My one share in a twelve team points league, I traded him for Gavin Lux. Not a bad deal. I like yeah. that deal. I don't know. Uh, it's like a keeper deal. You get a couple more years of Jazz than you would Lux, but yeah. Okay, I, I went for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, like you said, very exciting guy to watch. Um, but I, so I mean, everyone saw that home run against the the Grom, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, hit it four hundred miles per hour, whatever it was, right? Yeah, hundred eleven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's interesting. When I was just like digging into his zone charts and then watching some at bats. I feel like that. Like if I'm Degrom, I'm throwing that pitch all day long to him. That 
that ain't gonna happen. That ain't gonna happen a lot. He so the swing and miss stuff was what kind of turned me off from from him as a prospect, and it's still there. He's gonna be a guy who strikes out thirty percent of the time, maybe more. I don't think that really changes. He's making unbelievably consistent hard contact right now. Like his what his ex Wobacon is five twenty. That's pretty insane. Yeah. He's like in the 94th percentile, the barrel percentage. Um, but I think part of that maybe maybe it has to do with that DeGrom home run. He he wants to hit every he want he's looking up. He wants to make very hard contact pitches up in the zone. And people aren't pitching him there that much. And that's where he whiffs whiffs the most swings the most chases the most and i i don't know i want to see pitchers challenge him there more and not be afraid he's hitting everything lower doesn't want to swing in anything away but yeah i don't know i want to see some pitchers get more aggressive and see how his numbers turn out yeah it was uh it's an it's this is sort of the the knock on him a little bit in uh the minor leagues was the bat path and that the bat path is a very, very aggressive uppercut. And yeah, if you have a very, very it's a, yeah, aggressive I mean, uppercut, it's group, it's group. yeah. No, he knows what he knows it's, exactly it's what group. he wants. I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, he's, uh, yeah, I mean, barrel percentage of 20%. He, he wants to hit the ball out of the park. Uh, I watched uh, a net bat against, um, uh, Flaherty early in the season and that's a, <clears throat> I don't know I wish more pitchers would pitch him that way started him off with a tried to backdoor slider him up threw some more fastballs up he missed a he threw a cookie missed his pitch I think it was a slider just right over the middle of the plate and Jazz just overly aggressive and yanked it foul and then uh he threw a fastball up in the zone by him, struck him out. No, there wasn't one pitch other than the mistake that wasn't in the upper quadrant. Yeah. Obviously, you got to have some good stuff to do that. But I don't know. People, they're not pitching them that way that much. I think that's how you got to do it. Yep. And I think, you know, there's, there's, He's gonna. He's he's all feast or famine, right? He's he's home runs. He's going for broke on stolen bases. He's swinging super hard. He's always swinging for the fences. He has holes in his swing. He can be exploited. He does have some natural ability that maybe can uh, can make up for some of that with uh, with stuff that isn't so electric. You know, he's definitely going to be a mistake hitter. If you toss him something, um, he's going to be able to to touch it pretty aggressively. Yeah, most a lot of his a lot of his hits and damage has been have been on you know mistakes yeah and which which is which is great i mean i'm not knocking the guy for that or anything like that but he's only he's only had one other than the other than the degrom home run he uh he's only had one like hard exceptionally hard hit ball and a good pitch yeah and we're looking at a babip that is sitting at 390 right now yeah so he has some stuff to give back in that regard, but I think he's going to be a super exciting player. 
And yeah. depend, he's going to be almost, you know, there's some players where format really, uh, really matters when it comes to their value. And I think he is probably going to be most valuable in like a standard five by five league that swaps out on base percentage for like swaps out average for on base yeah. because he's gonna, you know, he's, 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 he's going to have a decent on base percentage because he does know how to take a walk. He, he is, he does have that ability. And then he's going to be, you know, he's going to have the ability to, to go pretty hard on the home runs and go pretty hard on the stolen bases, but he's also probably going to have a couple of seasons where he hits 230, you know, and 240 and maybe his, his batting is, his on base percentage is a hundred points higher, but the, you know, K rates at, at 30% plus, like you said, and I think, you know, that could get ugly some years. Well, and, and he's going to get challenged. He, he definitely is going to be exploited. And right now he's sort of come on and uh, it'll be after he comes back from the injury and, and, you know, teams have had a little bit more chance to, to, to plan for him. I, yeah, there's, there's going to be a steep learning curve or a shallow learning curve. Never exactly sure. The right. <laughs> I think actually it's shallow, but we all say it wrong. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun right now. The whiff rate is bad. The K percentage is bad. All the other stuff is, is pretty, pretty good. And he doesn't chase everything, right? He's not just, yeah. no, he's, he's not the freest swinger ever. But, you know, you look at the barrel percentage, it's 94th percentile. Okay, that's wonderful. But the hard hit rate is 47, you know, percentile. Yeah. So it's it's early yet for all this stuff, but these are just sort of early returns. But, I mean. I'd like to, I'd like to see pitchers get him more interested in having to swing at stuff outside. Yeah. I don't really, I don't really know how that plays for him. I think with a, with a giant uppercut swing, that's going to be tough. You know what I mean? It's not he's he's not one that's just going to throw the bat out of the ball out there in an outside pitch. He's probably likely if I had to guess, he's probably going to the backdoor slider might be an effective pitch for him because he's not looking to hit that. So he's probably going to look to take that and might be able to sneak it over the plate for, you know, for the yeah. backwards. K. Yeah. I like the Flaherty doing that on the first pitch. Yeah, Up too. I like that pitch. The, the craft. He's got the craft for sure. Yeah, no, no, I, I got have to go back and check out that at back because that sounds like uh, sounds like the blueprint to beat him. Minus the cookie that he missed. Yeah, and well, and like, and I, one thing that I lack is um, just sort of the chronology of what I was watching. So maybe there has been some pitchers adjusting and and throwing him different. I, I can't really speak on that, and I can't really speak on the the game uh, circumstances too much. But yeah. He might be a better real life player than fantasy when it's all said and done. Cause he also plays pretty elite defense as well. So yeah. he'll, he'll, he'll have stolen bases for you too. Oh yeah. He's going to run. Yeah. And if you don't play net stolen bases, it's probably looking pretty good. Cause something tells me he's just a very aggressive, make things happen type of player. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm excited for jazz. I think he's, He's he's what Major League Baseball needs, you know, to to continue the the run of being super popular. I feel like he's not as talented by you know by a football field when it comes to like Fernando Tatis and Ronald Acuna, but he's that type of personality. He's and a Tim big Anderson. personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, he's that's that's we need more of that. We need we definitely you know he's a yeah. he's a high octane player, uh, definitely a modern player, but super fun. Uh, and definitely gonna be able yeah. to put butts in the seats. Yeah, I'm all about it, and I I want him to become a superstar and make me look very stupid and silly for trading him and criticizing him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you got Lux at least. I feel like you traded 
you traded similar amounts of risk for a totally different type of profile. But, you know, if, if, if Lux keeps hitting for the Dodgers, I, I think things will continue to go well. Yeah. And uh, I, I won't deny that my allegiance to baseball players from Wisconsin didn't have anything to do with that. I can't we, help myself. We all have our vices. We it's the heyday. It's the heyday of Wisconsin baseball. I am in for it. Yeah. Well, everyone who is in leagues with Nate, just look up where your players are from. They know. They, <laughs> they're familiar. Uh, well, oh, JP Fireisen, another Wisconsin-born kid. Yeah, I, that's the first time I've actually heard mm. that name said. That's a great name. Oh, he's he's dealing. Sorry. No, I dude. Sneak that in there. You're all good. You're. I mean, I mentioned Gary Sheff and the Pirates every five minutes, so you can do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, let's move on to our next name. And uh, this is a name that I feel like was, I'll use the word polarizing, but polarizing might be a bit strong because I don't think there was too many strong opinions necessarily or too many high expectations. Um, but Tyler Stevenson, a uh, catcher for the Cincinnati Reds. I definitely, you know, talking to a lot of my prospect guys this offseason, some were very high on Tyler Stevenson. Um, some were... Very excited about what he brought to the table in terms of power potential and sort of like decent average potential, sort of a a little bit more of a complete hitter than maybe someone like a Sean Murphy. And then other people were pretty down on him in terms of, you know, never really showed his power, never really put it all together. And just, you know, they just sort of thought of him as a little bit lackluster, a little bit meh uh, when it came to what he might be able to offer. And, you know, he's a, he's a hitter that historically had a lot of, Injuries sort of nagging at him as he came up the ranks, maybe stealing some some of his production potential when it came to minor league output. Um, and, you know, and then there was the question of, okay, well, Tucker Barnhart's, you know, a gold glove catcher, how much, and they have Votto at first base, and how much, you know, playing time is Stevenson going to actually get? And so far... I mean, he's gotten himself into a decent amount of games. You know, he's got 38 plate appearances. Uh, well, actually, he played tonight, so he's got 42 plate appearances. And, I mean, it's it's he also has a preposterously um, large BABIP at, at 462 right now and hasn't really been, you know, all those things have not normalized. But he's another one who's hit the ball pretty hard. You know, average exit velocity is 91.7 which is pretty good. Uh, he's, he's tagged a home run. He's got a couple doubles, you know, he's, he's not going to hit 370 for sure, but it's interesting. I guess I'm, I've been surprised to see how much playing time he's actually gotten with Tucker Barnhart hitting as well as he is, because I was sort of, I would sort of think with Tucker Barnhart hitting really well, and there's a swing change story there and, you know, some things he did in the off season, but that's for a major league baseball podcast. This is a prospect podcast. And, uh, you know, Steve, but Stevenson's, you know, they've, they seem to be, I don't know, for, for, for what I can tell right now, they're doing a pretty good job at like giving Tucker Barnhart the amount of rest and giving Stevenson um, enough playing time to keep him sort of maturing and able to build off of his at-bats and not have it be so staccato that he can't grow into, you know, he can't, He's getting enough regular playing time. I guess is a short, short way to say that. And I've, I've liked what I've seen so far at the plate overall. And, you know, he's, he's, he's not a huge strikeout guy. His walk rate right now is much lower than it was in the minor league. So I expect that to go up a little bit, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't chase too much. This is, um, he, he seems to know what he's, what he pitches he's looking for at the plate. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it might be a, a perfect situation where there is no pressure for him to be the dude because Tucker Barnhart has the foundation of the defense and now also has added some offense. So really every time Stevenson comes in, he isn't like, Oh, I, I need to put the team on my shoulders or this is it, or this is, I have to figure out how to step into the role and be the guy. So it might be a little bit of a perfect situation um, when it came to, when it, when it comes to opportunity and the ability to play in a, in a division that doesn't have, well, the NL, the NL solid, but you're playing in a good park. You're playing in a solid offense. Um, Cincinnati, frankly, seems like a fun team this year. They got a lot of fun stuff going on with uh, Cassianos and, and Adam Winkers having a heck of a time. Anyway, I digress. What's your take on Stevenson? You know, who were you on? Were you, were you about him before the season? You had a chance to check him out this season. What's your, what's your thoughts? I mean, to be totally honest, not really a guy that I ever felt inclined or motivated to dig in too deep on as a prospect, partly mostly because he was a catcher, but um, you're talking about playing time. I, I, I dug into sort of what it takes to be, I don't know, a backup catcher or the second catcher and still um, be fantasy viable um, in like 12 team leagues. And basically what I found, I, I, he's on, his playing time, his plate appearances, I think are fine at this pace, more than fine probably. You probably have to, you probably have to slug 500 or more. And that was the common theme for all of those type of guys over the last, I don't know, four or five years. I don't know. I don't know if he's got that in him. That being said, I mean, I have him in TGFBI, two catcher. Great. Fantastic. I'll take that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's, if he's capable of that. I think uh, Suzuki was the only one who didn't slug over 500 and was still top 12 fantasy guy or whatever, top 10. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, I don't, I don't know what to do about, you know, knocking him on his, on his power potential just yet. And I mean, he's in, he's in the right ballpark when it comes to, when it comes to trying to make the most out of that. But it's, it's, it's a pretty, you know, and this is just, this is just fan graph grades and, and what have you, but it's a pretty, I don't often see a raw power number of, of 65 with a game power number sitting around 40, 45. You know, it seems like there's a lot more, the average, the average difference between game power and raw power when I'm, you know, going over tools generally seems to be 10 points, right? If you have 60 raw power, people talk about 50 game power. If you have 70 raw power, people talk about 60. If you have 80, well, if you have 80 raw power, you probably are still only getting the 60 of that in games, but it's just, I think that there is, he seems to me like a guy that could, that it could all come together sort of all at once. And maybe after this year and he's able to split time with Tucker Barnhart and slowly potentially take over more, uh, more innings and, and more games. He's I'm not ready to give up on him potentially being able to get to that 500 and push himself more towards more, to, more towards what I feel like we all think, of as Sean Murphy. Uh, I feel like him and Sean Murphy remind me a lot of one another. The big difference is, you know, I think Murphy plays a lot better defense and obviously he's got the starting role and he's not competing with a gold glover for his playing time, 
but that's I, I think of those two as in a very similar vein, uh, frankly. When I was digging around on him in like zone charts and watching stuff, uh, he doesn't have a hit off of a pitch down in the zone yet. And that's where six of his eight strikeouts have come. So I don't know. Mm. This is interesting. Yeah, I mean, he's a big boy, six four, two twenty five. Yeah. Yeah, but he um and he's got like long arms, but a swing that isn't your typical long armed guy's swing, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, is I guess you know I I always want to give catchers more credit for knowing how to command the zone than they actually have simply because they're catchers, and I feel like that's a that's something you can't right. do. It's like oh, he's a catcher; he's got to understand. It's like, well, no, have you seen a pitcher bat? They don't necessarily know anything. Um, but he doesn't it's it'll be it'll be interesting to watch well it'll be good to watch how those those heat maps on his you know where his own contact rates and the quadrants that he's hitting in because he's not a big chaser you know and his right now his contact percentage is pretty solid his zone contact percentage is 89.2 yeah you know so and he's 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 out he's outside strength he's, percentages he's been, he's been 368 with two strikes I watched a couple at bats that he was he was tough. Yeah, I mean his swing percentage is pretty low. Swing percentage is thirty eight point run right now, so he's pretty selective. Maybe he's a little bit too selective. Maybe he needs to be more aggressive. Maybe. Yeah. Only thirty eight percent Ks with two strikes, which is, huh. which is above average. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't think he's anything spectacular, right? I don't think he's going to turn into some. He's not going to turn into the number one catcher in the league by any stretch. He might be, but, yeah. I mean, it doesn't take much to be spectacular for a catcher, though. It's true. <laughs> it is very true. Maybe he's maybe he can put together a couple seasons where he, he is the, you know, one, two, three guy or do a pull of Mitch Garver on us and, and just put it all together for one season and then fall off the table and then put it together and then fall off the table. Um, he, he, he could be a guy who benefits from the – from the DH coming too, if if it's coming, I assume it is. I assume it is with the new CBA. I mean, honestly, I hope it is because, yeah, I just hope it is. I hope there's. I hope a lot happens on the new CBA. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta mention something right now. Did you see what happened in the Twins game when Jose Barrios started? No. The Twins. What did so, what like oh yesterday? Yeah, two days ago. Two days ago. That's all blending together because I watched too much baseball. But yeah, I think it was two days ago. I think it was yeah, I think it was Monday. Um, Jose Barrios uh, was pitching and he was having, he was, he was doing pretty well, not striking a lot of guys out, but, but getting a lot of outs and, and limiting contact, all that good stuff. And then he ran into a little bit of trouble in the sixth inning and they came out and talked to him. Then he ran into a little bit more trouble and they came back out and talked oh, yeah. to him. Yeah. And, and after the second meeting, the pitching coach just starts walking back to the dugout and the umpire's like, I can, I'm sure the umpire started whatever he said with, I'm really sorry, but I have to do this to you. You now have to take that pitcher out of the game. Yeah. Which I find horribly ironic considering that that rule is in place to speed up the game. <laughs> and I just, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have, I have, I have a couple shares of, of, of Jose and he's, he's my dad's favorite pitcher. So I like, uh, I like being able to get him on the squad to just to have that all have that all in one place. But yeah, it was, uh, I mean, he was he was at like sixty five pitches or something. He was far from done. He was far from done. 
Do you think Rocco maybe had some like fish fish show uh, residuals? Oh, interesting. Some trails, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, some. Uh, I don't little know. Bra- I mean, a little brain fart there. Yeah, maybe maybe he's just on those Eagle Moon hemp gummies. <laughs> oh, that sounds fancy. <laughs> so the CBD is all the rage. Maybe he just went too hard on the milligrams. Oh, maybe, maybe. Oh man, or maybe it's all that COVID brain fog that's going around Minnesota recently. Yeah. I don't know, but it cost me a quality start and I'm going to talk about it for probably three more months. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's head to our final name, which I think is one of the more fun names that, uh, that you want to talk about. You, you tossed him onto our list today and I'm happy you did. I grabbed him in my 12 teamer cause I'm in desperate need of power. Cause I keep trading for guys like Zach. Uh, I keep trading for guys like Nick Madrigal and I like rostering Brian Reynolds and I like rostering Nico Horner. And uh, yeah, uh, so it leaves me very devoid of power because I traded Christian Yelich for uh, Jared Kalanick and, and Jose Barrios. Um, and I'm happy that I did that. I know you hate that because that's quarters for dollars, but I don't care because that back injury scares me. So, and I wanted Kalanick and I wanted Barrios and it was late. I don't blame you. Yeah. I mean, I blame myself right now. I'm sort of like, come on, bring him up. And I want to see what he's got, but. I saw Mookie Betts, who is scuffling a little bit. He needs to he needs to get a few more hits to fall in. Anyway, um, let's talk about the actual dude, Adolis Adolis Garcia of the Texas nope. Rangers. Very, very strong dude. Yeah. Uh, like ridiculous. I mean, he looks like he looks like Luis Luis Robert uh, hit the gym for two years and came back. Yeah, maybe it's, got a little shorter. Maybe got a little shorter, a little stockier, but man, he's got those like forearms of of death. He's got those Tyler O'Neill forearms. What? uh, But he's sort of an older guy. So, what do you uh, give me? Give me your take on on Adolis Garcia. Well, so I had to do. I did the Rangers top fifty for pitcher list, and I really, I really liked that system because I, in that I felt there was going to be a cheap fantasy dude to come out of there. And I kind of put my chips on Anderson Tejada. That didn't work. Leody was the popular choice, et cetera. And I think it might be this guy. And I'm bummed that I didn't put my chips there. But like you said, very strong, very fast too. Um, yeah. I was he's surprised. Kind of, he's kind of your classic, you know, Cuban swing for the fences kind of guy. He's going to swing and miss up in the zone a lot. Like what? He's 32 or what's his, what's his, uh, he's 54. No, uh, sorry. I, I didn't must not have wrote that down. He's got a high K rate and it's probably going to stay that way. Yeah. 30, 32.2. <laughs> 32, right 32. Thank you. Thank you. And that's pretty much what he was. Uh, there's other cups of coffee and minor leagues. Um, really? He, I think he's a really good low ball hitter, um, but he has to, he has to prove he can hit off speed too. I don't know if he has a hit against anything off speed that wasn't just like a cookie. Most of his home runs were cookies too, which isn't a knock. It's just, I don't know, something that I like to pay attention to. Yeah. The only one I can think of that uh, 
that even if it was well located, it definitely had a lot of heat to it was the home run he hit off Liam Hendricks. Yeah, I didn't like that one. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think you would like that one. <laughs> I just traded for Liam Hendricks too. I didn't like it either, but luckily he closed yeah. that game down. But, you know, he's he's got the he's got the home run swing, his barrel percentage is twenty one point six. I think like what his numbers are right now, what is he's batting two fifty when he's got five home runs. Yeah. Yep. Um I mean, this is probably, I think this is the plateau. I mean, it, I don't know if it stays, but I think this is it. Which which plays, you know. I tried to get them in TGFBI, but I was too cheap, I guess. Um, but, yeah, the off-speed stuff, swinging and missing high in the zone. I mean, that's that's going to be it. That, has he attempted more than – I know he has a stolen base. I don't know how many he's tried. Uh, let's see. He's fast. Yeah. And, and they need a center fielder, right? Yeah. Um, what it's gonna be he and he and White. I don't know. I don't know if he's primarily been playing center field. I saw him there at least once, but yeah. He's been caught twice. He's been caught stealing twice this year. Oh already. Right. Yeah. So he has played uh left field. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's played eight games so far. Uh, at center field so he definitely is out there running around and i mean it's it's evidenced by the sprint speed which is 83rd percentile which you wouldn't necessarily think looking at him because he he just seems like he's big and he's not super young which i equate with speed but yeah his uh his outfielder jump right now is 98th percentile is outs above average or 89th percentile so it's another guy who you know a lot of the times when i think of a hitter who is sort of all or nothing power a little bit lower average, doesn't walk enough to, you know, have an on-base percentage that's anything to talk about in the positive. Uh, I don't necessarily equate that play with with super great defense, but he definitely has that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, and I, th- I think I wrote in my top 50, like, this This was, like, the the dream, if you would, for this season. You know, it doesn't work out. He gets a chance, hits like this, provides the power, provides a good D, and he sticks to the job, you know. But I don't yeah. think this is any sort of like ascending player. No. Other than what he is right now. No, it's sort of like what you talked about before, where it's like power is coming from other places. You know what I mean? And power power can come from from a guy like Otelis Garcia. And uh yeah. it doesn't, you know, at the at the end of the year, if he hits 240 with 25 home runs and 10 steals, but eight caught stealing or 10 caught stealing. I wouldn't be surprised, but that's going to have value considering that you got him for almost next to nothing, depending on your format. I mean, yeah. All it cost me was a weekly move. Yeah. With two strikes, he's batting 200, but three of his home runs are off of that. Okay. All cookies. Yeah. I mean, he's just not. He's he doesn't have a two. I don't think he has a two strike approach. I think he has a a, a dead red, you know. Just yeah. I'm I'm trying to mash, trying to use my best attribute. Yeah, and he's got a this pitch approach. I think this pitch he's going to swing hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I I like him. I think he, uh, I think he, you know, cheap power. He sort of reminds me a little bit of like. The steals, we'll see. We'll see what you're able to get out of steals. I mean, if you're able to get like six, seven, eight over the course of the year, that's going to be pretty valuable in a roto league. Um, yeah. I think you he, get more. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, yeah. Rangers going to let him run? 
Well, I'm, I guess I don't really know necessarily the Rangers' philosophy on that, but I mean, they were going to let they let Leody run and Anderson run. I don't see why they wouldn't let him. Yeah, he's already attempted three, so no one's told him to stop yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he probably won't, even if they did. So he was, and this was a he was a prospect that was with the Cardinals for a long time, right? Yeah, they tra- I forget what the trade was. But yeah, traded him. Uh, oh, wait, yeah, he was in Japan, signed with the Cardinals. Then there was a trade in like 2017, I think. Um, yeah, for cash considerations. Now, he actually went to, uh, let's see, 2020, no, 2019. He was traded to the Rangers for cash considerations. Oh, so it's 2019. Okay. So apparently he was just. Uh, Apparently he was uh, the, the the Cardinals just didn't think that I guess they thought they had too many outfielders at some point, which is maybe also yeah, why look, they... we got another what twenty eight year old rookie that is doing things. We have lots of those. Yes, we do. Twenty six to twenty eight. Yeah, Mister Wendell over in uh, in Tampa Bay is doing his thing. Old yeah. late bloomer. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's the new uh, it's the new marketing efficiency in fantasy. I feel like the uh, I think so the already old rookie who has legit skills and you can rely on for certain stat lines. Yeah, I don't I don't know if you saw my tweet, but I like there's 14 rookies that um, qualify that are above average. What was it OPS? Yeah, and the average age is 26, and like the average rank on our um, pitcher list top 50s was 19. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you're me and Mercedes. Pretty good example of that right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, you can't discount the old dudes. You really can't. I've been, I've definitely been enjoying Philip Evans in, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, right. He's been doing his thing. I mean, it's, I get it's, it's, it's just maybe harder to pick out who's going to get the playing time. I mean, Mercedes was mighty close to not being on the team. Yeah. What a tragedy that would have been for all of us. Yeah. no, I mean, I, I'd rather wait and hunt those guys for free on the waiver wire than draft Andrew Vaughn high or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I think Zach McKinstry is a great example as well. I mean, I talked about yeah. him a little bit on the pod last week, but yeah. he's, uh, he's 26 and he's, he's reminds me a little bit of that Pavin Smith where he's not really bad at anything, but he's not amazing at anything. And those dudes have value, especially the deeper your league goes. For sure. So, so talking about some two strike stuff. Yeah. What do you think Madrigal's batting with two strikes? Mm, Madrigal. I mean, Nikki Two Strikes is his name, and I know his zone contact percentage. The last time I checked in, it was a solid one hundred percent. Two strikes. What's he batting? Uh two eighty five. He's actually in a little bit of a two-strike slump, and he's betting three forty-six. Oh, just a just a little three forty-six, huh? Yep. And his and his K percentage on two strikes has jumped significantly to ten point seven percent. Wow! Wow! <laughs> yeah, he's really he's really hitting the skids. <laughs> uh, you're you're mean you're mean three eighty-nine with two strikes, twenty-five point six K percentage. Not bad for a couple of rookies. Not bad at all, man. I love Nick Madrigal. Every time he strikes out, I like it. I actually get like upset. So like, you've been ups- upset like two times or something? Uh, yeah. Well, he <laughs> struck out. He struck out yesterday, and I was like, "This is 
somebody <laughs> what is happening i don't it was i'm 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 still upset about it yeah i mean i don't i don't want we don't need to talk about his negative 1.4 launch angle but um but yeah his own contact percentage is still 100 percent 100 percent oh man I, I thought he had a swing and miss was it out of the zone it must have been out of the zone man because i'm i'm looking at fangrass right now and it's uh it's still got the zone contact at 100 percent Contact percentage needs to go up a little bit. Only ninety-five-nine. <laughs> <laughs> He's fun to watch, man. I was happy to see oh, yeah. him get that get that triple. The walk off. Um, yeah, the walk off was awesome. People people are gonna sleep on him because apparently he's boring and empty average. But I'm not. I'm gonna have him on pretty much every team. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. So he's not gonna hit home runs. Who cares? Yeah, no, I don't care. There's there's enough people out there hitting home runs. I want to see very very intriguing skill sets like you know five foot playing height, five foot eight, whatever. Is he five foot eight? Is he five foot six? He's five foot eight, but I I feel like he's a yeah right. To say he's five foot eight is a little it's a little much. <laughs> he's got that giant rock back that he does before he hits. Ah, he's just so much fun. He's so old school. I love did, it. He definitely should have been playing in like 1895. He would have been the greatest player ever in 1895. I mean, just, you know, I, I like looking at the two strike stuff because I, I like to watch the players that are on my team. I just like my team. I, I don't like wasted at bats. I just like guys who put the ball in play. Don't sell out. Yeah. I don't know. He's definitely that dude. He is 100% that dude coming in with a 3.9% K percentage, and I expect that to go down. And you know what? His max exit velocity is 105.4. I'll take it. That's fine. Give him some, yeah. give him some time. Give him some time. Everyone, you know, that no one's no one's hitting for average these days, and he's going to. So I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm all about my Nick Madrigal. If you want to count, if you want to, if anyone out there wants to count down to 3,000, you can check out at Mr. Number Three. Word 3,000. It's a Nick Madrigal countdown to 3,000 hits. I'm running it. I, uh, I stay pretty on top of it. I feel like, I feel like I'm, pretty, I'm pretty Johnny on the spot with those. I mean, I have them on my fantasy team, so, I, so that helps a lot. But, no, I don't know. Talking to you as well, I've been watching more of these White Sox games because the White Sox are fun, but also, and I'm sorry to say, like, I, just, I, just, I, keep, I need to keep checking in on the Tony La Russa situation mm-hmm. to, see, uh, to see how he's managing or mismanaging things. And, I mean, hey, I, I checked in for the Rodon start, and that worked out. So Yeah, keep checking in. Yeah, I definitely will. They're a fun team to watch. And I just acquired Hendricks. So I got Madrigal and I got Hendricks right now on uh, on the squad. Yeah, nice. what happened? What's, what, what's uh, I mean, while we're just talking White Sox, what, what's uh, anything you're worried about with Giolito after that Detroit start or, you know, backed up with the, uh, we'll blame no. it on, okay, you're not worried at all. <laughs> no. You mean the, the, the Red Sox, the Fenway debacle? Yeah, yeah. I was watching that, dude. And and then I heard the White Sox broadcasters later mention this, but they he was tipping or they were getting his pitches. I am 90, 85, 90%. I'm going to stick my flag on that. Okay. Yeah, no way. No way. I think they had something. Huh. That's what my buddy, I got a buddy who thinks that's currently happening to Kenton Maeda. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he just can't believe it. I was like, well, I just saw some heat maps that apparently says he's throwing all his sliders directly in the middle of the plate. That also could be part of it. But if he's, <laughs> if he's, if he's doing that and yeah. tipping a little bit, oh, that's I mean, a recipe yeah, for I'm, dingers. I'm not saying that that was 
Giolito's best performance by any means, but yeah. nah, I, I'm not buying those guys being on a couple of those change-ups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have to see. We'll have to watch some game tape and see if he's doing anything. Yeah, yeah. But I, and then I thought he pitched great last night, but mm, TLR had too much scotch or something. <laughs> I mean, I, no, I don't want to be dramatic like that. I think you got to like let your dude go sometimes, feel him out. But I mean, you get into like 114 pitches in the seventh in April. I don't know. Yeah, that's a lot after after everything that's happened. Certainly. And that's when you know and that's when the wheels came off. Yeah. But they also yeah. They, yeah they who. Who loses to a team that has five errors in a game? Like, how does that even happen? Uh, well, it happens um, when you're 11 and you're playing in Little League. <laughs> yeah, that was that was like the worst White Sox game of the year last night. But anyways, yeah. Anyways, let's uh, let's round out the episode with a little prospect survivor for you. Okay. Uh huh. The old prospect survivor. All right. I get I get nervous for this. I love it. That's what I'm, I love it. I'm just going to have a whole podcast called Prospect Survivor. I'm just going to bring people on for five minutes, give them three names, watch them sweat, and then sue you. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I don't know. This one, this one is going to be interesting. Well, they're all interesting. And frankly, I say everything's going to be interesting. So <laughs> this is going to be, this one's going to be utterly fantastic. <laughs> and it should make you sweat a little bit. All right. I'm going high octane again. I'm going guys that we've recently seen some tweets uh, about them mashing ding dongs at the alternate site and at the uh, minor league spring training that's going on, whatever's happening on the backfield. Uh, Marco Luciano, first name. Mm. Noel V. Marte. Second name. Corbin Carroll, third name. Which one of those are you casting aside, snuffing the torch? Marte. Ooh, Noelvi. Not a big Noelvi guy. What's give me your take? What why why Noelvi over over Marco or Corbin? I don't I don't want to say that I'm not a Marte guy. I just Carol and Luciano. They're more advanced. Seen more of them. Seen them against. Well, I guess we haven't seen Carroll against major league pitching, right? I no. Mean, at least in like spring training or whatever. Um, Marte feels a little bit to me like um, Joe Adele in the sense that he. I, I don't know how. There's a lot of hype, obviously, right? I mean, people are like, oh, he could be the next top five prospect or what have you. Some of that stuff just feels a little overblown social media-wise and uh, to me anyways and uh, maybe unjustified. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it's a bad take. I would, I would uh, I'd go the same way. You know, I feel like what everyone wants Noel V. Marte to be is what Marco Luciano already is. Uh, and he's, he's shown it enough and yeah, I'm not going to take, you know, how he was overmatched in spring training with major leaguers as, as anything on Marco, because that's, what's supposed to happen when you're that young. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's, he's got the eggs velocities. He, he apparently has a solid hit tool and that's a question mark for Noelvi. You know, he's, he doesn't have, you know, almost, I feel like Noel, Noelvi, he, he has the buzz of like, Oh, he's top 15, he's top 20. 
but I don't really know why everyone likes Noel B. Marte a little bit more than say someone like Elvis Martinez. You know what I mean? Like Elvis Martinez has already done things stateside that are pretty impressive. And, and, you know, scouts have, uh, scouts have access to data and, and getting eyes on players that we don't, um, you know, from, from where we sit right now. So you can't discount that. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's more question marks with Marte. And I think he's the one player that continued to rise in the season that wasn't a season seemingly more than any other player that I can think of, frankly, um, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to maybe he was the top 50, top 60 guy after 2019. And then it just continued to go crazy. And honestly, you know, a lot of some of what Marte is getting in terms of helium has sort of got to be coming from Julio and Kellenic and the system that he is coming from being something that people are counting on answering yeah. a lot of those questions. Yeah. So I, I, I definitely would, you know, and I like Carol. I love I, like Carol's just my kind of player. Um, I, I think, I just think he has a higher floor uh, than, than Marte does right now and that I could slap on Marte right now. Uh, Carol definitely has a higher floor and his ceiling could be higher than, uh, than Marte when it's, when it's all said and done. Um, so yeah, I would, I would probably, I'd probably kick off Marte as well. Um, just cause the, uh, the legend of a 60 hit 70 power guy like Marco Luciano, I don't really care where he plays on the diamond. Yeah. That's too much to, to turn, to turn away from. And, uh, and Carol's just my kind of dude, power, electric speed, good contact, sort of stout, you know, stocky frame that he gets a crazy amount of juice out of. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with, and I, I'm kind of digging the giants and their development and what they got going on there, both pitching and hitting wise. Um, so yeah, Lucy, I mean, obviously everyone's pretty excited about him, but yeah, I don't know. Marte is just the, I don't, I don't know. He's too mysterious to be in that, in that category for me right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's it for me too. And Hey, give him half a season this year stateside. And we, this could be a very different conversation once we, once we see some of that stuff. But right now with what I know now, I'd have to, uh, I'd have to move off Marte from this and, and take Carol and Luciano to the finals. Boot them. Get them out of here. Get them out. Tribe has spoken. All right. Well, uh, Nate, I appreciate you uh, coming on, hanging out, talking a bunch of debuts. This yeah. is the last podcast that we are going to have, hopefully, um, without minor league games. Looking at May 4th is on a Tuesday next week, and that's when we're going to get minor league baseball. You know, I said mm-hmm. I, I said I was going to watch a lot of minor leagues because the Pirates are going to be terrible, but here we are yeah. at 500. Uh, all right. That, I, that bullpen's no joke. It's it's yeah the bull, they're <laughs> they are cobbling it together and I love it and I'm here for it, but uh, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to find some some minor league games to watch on on uh, on replay because yeah I mean I'm just you know just so people know I'm gonna be watching minor league games every week to try to give reports on you know starts and, and guys I see batting and, and things of that nature to try to give you some real up to the minute this is what this dude looked like versus this guy. And this is the pitches yes. and you know, all that stuff. So yes. we got starts on the fourth and the fifth and the next pod will come out on the sixth and I'll have the uh, real Miley stuff to talk about. It's going to be awesome. And uh, yeah, but other than that, dude, uh, I, uh, you working on anything uh, writing wise, picture list for we before we go, you want to plug? 
oh, oh i'm just i'm doing a weekly uh every wednesday just kind of diving on a prospect um been um of late guys pros still prospects but in the majors had an article on kohi arihara come out today but yeah just doing that and waiting for the miners to start and slowly doing some research on some other projects yeah oh yeah god i can't wait for minor league baseball let's go all right well um that is all we have uh you can catch nate on twitter at the needle 12 and he is dropping nuggets there dropped a couple today that were eye-opening uh and and sort of fun and uh, you catch me at caught looking that's uh with a v instead of a u and you catch the pod at on the farm pl and you can catch all the pictureless pods at pictureless pods and there's a lot of fun stuff happening on Twitter. And there's about to be even more fun stuff happening on Twitter with minor league baseball. So stay tuned. Um, appreciate everyone staying with us through the spring while we worked without a lot of new minor league data, but it is about to take off. So uh, yeah, for Nate Handy, I am Kyle Brown, and this has been on Farm Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks.